Hey man, and welcome to another episode of Quality Man Hater, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen, Pastor Kellen Allen. Oh man. Dude, yeah. new title. You, I, for, I, not that I forgot about it, but you just were so routine with this that you right. had to add it in there. I had to throw it in. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. If you guys have been with us, if you guys have been longtime QM listeners, then you have tracked kind of with Kellen's career transition and progression. And uh, man, it was last weekend, right? Yep. Or no, two weeks ago now. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah not two this past ago. weekend. Yeah. But. Yeah. That we got to install Kellen as Pastor Kellen here at Compass Bible Church. Yeah. It was a big, big deal. It's a big deal. And uh, yeah, I'm still getting used to it. People they're like, hey, Pastor Kellen. And I kind of still like laugh it off because people have been saying it over the last year just because I'm overseeing ministry. They assume they're like, oh, Pastor Kellen. I'm like, ha, ha, no, not yet, not yet. And I still do that now sometimes. And or I'll introduce myself. I'm like, hey, my name is Kellen. And somebody will be like, Pastor Kellen. I'm like, Th- thanks for right. the right. correction. I, right. I'm still getting used to it. But yeah, yeah. yeah it was, uh, I'm just so blessed and honored to be able to to see God's hand in my life and you know, think I had a plan this whole time. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. This is my right. five-year, my 10-year. And then God being like, yeah, 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 whatever. I, I, I got you. Uh, Proverbs so 16, awesome. 9, man. Yeah. yeah. Man makes his plans and God laughs. <laughs> I mean, God directs the <laughs> steps. That's, a good, that's, yeah, what it that's says. a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're stoked to have Kellen on board here. And, and for those of you guys listening who may not be familiar with Compass, um, our pastors basically are our elders. And so uh, when we're talking about somebody here as a pastor, there's also ministry directors. And ministry directors are are that kind of next tier underneath our, our pastoral team, our elder team here, and they're uh, doing frontline ministry, and a lot of them are, are, are leading. Uh, for instance, we've got a director of our women's ministry who uh, teaches our women here and leads our women's ministry, does a great job. Uh, but then we've got uh, our, our pastoral level here, and that's what we're talking about here, that, that Kellen last week or two weeks ago was installed as a pastor here, and just an awesome day. Excited for that. Super stoked to see just uh, God's faithfulness in your life. Yeah. Um, and in your wife's life, too, to be willing to step up and say, hey, I'll be a pastor's wife. That's totally. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think <laughs> we were laughing about it because looking back on it, even five years ago, um, you know, obviously we've been in, involved in a church, but to think uh, pastor and pastor's wife uh, was definitely uh, definitely God's doing. And it wasn't on our radar, but I'm so glad that it, it was on his. Uh, yeah, for sure. And it, just on that note, guys, we often say at the end of this uh, these podcasts, and, and we mean it because we do it right after we finish recording, that we're praying for you guys. But men, we would love for you to be praying for us and for you to be praying for Kellen as uh, as he steps into this role in this new uh, you know office of being a pastor here at this church. Uh, the enemy loves nothing more than to attack pastors, attack their marriages, attack their families, attack their parenting. Um, and so just pray for him and, and pray for the pastors in your life, those, that, those men that are, are shepherding you, who you call pastor, pray for them uh, because they need it. Uh, absolutely, we need it. And so please, uh, please do that. Well, Kellen, we're here not to talk about the office of pastor. Um, in fact, I, you know, yesterday I posted this video on Instagram about my two twins and asked them what they wanted to be. And a lot of them thought they were going to say a pastor, but instead they said, <laughs> one of them said Kylo Ren and the other one said a red stormtrooper. And by the way, they're three. If you're out there going, what is he like 17? He's like, dude, I want to be Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah. On his way to college. Yeah. But Kellen, who's Kylo Ren? 
Yeah, that's, you just told me who it was, and I, I just blanked again. Uh, somewhat, what would you say, Star Wars, Star Trek? Star, Star Wars, Star- dude. Okay, you, we just lost like a third of our listening audience that I are Star, Star Wars fans. They're going, how does he not know who Kylo Ren is? Well, I won't even tell you what I thought. Um, thought right. He, thought he said. So, right. Uh, but yeah, I, I learned something new today, Star Wars. There you go. Well, but he doesn't want to be a pastor. But we're not here to talk about that. Yeah. We're here to talk about how do we love people who just don't fit our mold of somebody that's comfortable for us to be around. And, and we're talking about from church to church now at this point. Uh, one of our other pastors on staff here and myself, uh, we got to go to the promised land. We got to go to, to Texas for uh, a conference at a, a larger church there in the Dallas area. And we spent a few days there. And going into this conference, I knew of this church and I knew, hey, we've got differences in philosophy of ministry. We've got some different approaches to things that, uh, you know, I, I went in thinking to myself, you know what, I don't, I don't need to go in being critical because I already know that I'm going to disagree with some things here. And really it was a, it was a blessing to be there. And there was a lot that I learned, but one of my biggest takeaways was uh, even though there are these differences in philosophy of ministry and in, uh, preaching styles and, uh, church leadership and, and some things like that, when it comes to the core, when it comes to the center of the bullseye, man, they are, they're pulling the rope in the same direction that we are. You know, this isn't a tug of war of us against them. This is, we're, we're both pulling the rope. We may be at different parts of it. We may, you know, be, be valuing and, and emphasizing different things that are secondary and, and tertiary issues. Uh, but man, they're, they're, they're with us and people are getting saved there. And it was convicting to me because, man, I know in my heart that I am so quick to be critical of somebody who doesn't agree with me in every circle of the the target, in every circle of the the bullseye target that we we so often talk about in ministry. And there's the the core issues, right, Kellen, that we have to be in agreement on All with right. other believers. And what are those? What are some of those core issues that you would say, man, we cannot compromise on these things? Yeah. So the one primary is the gospel, right, and what it means to be saved and what the Bible um, talks about in, in salvation. Um, so we need to understand the gospel, the good news, and our responsibility to go out and preach the good news and go out and draw people or uh, share the gospel so that uh, they can be introduced to Christ and uh, repent, right, and turn from their, their lives of, of sinful nature and uh, trust and follow Jesus Christ. Uh, so that needs to be the what we're preaching is the gospel. So the good news of faith and, and trust in Jesus Christ and repenting of the sins. And that, I think that's oftentimes one of the main ones that's forgot is we need, there needs to be a change in our life. We need to, that new creation in Christ to follow Jesus. And uh, what, we, what we said before is, you know, burn the ships. There's no going back. Um, so being able to preach that and make sure that we're presenting the truth uh, unapologetically um, as the Bible uh, proclaims it. Yeah, that's a core issue. We would also say, right, inerrancy of Scripture mm-hmm. is a core issue for us. Um, the authority of the Word of God, core issue, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, core issue. If we're getting into any of these core issues that are denying the character of God, who he has revealed himself to be in Scripture, or denying his Word, well then, yeah, we can't look at them and say we're both pulling in the same direction. Um, But then when we get into the secondary areas there, right, and that may be issues of eschatology, you know, what's going to happen in the end times, that may be issues of... um, Soteriology, salvation, you know, are, are you somebody who believes in predestination or are you somebody who's wrong? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm, just, I'm totally kidding. Um, kind of, no. Or are you, you know, are you somebody who takes more of the, the free will approach to, to salvation? You know, again, that's not going to define whether or not you're a believer in Jesus or not. Uh, we're, we're pulling in the same direction. Um, 
you know, maybe it's, it's not even that it's, it's, are you somebody who practices expositional preaching that is verse by verse preaching through a a book or through a passage, or are you somebody who preaches topically, right? Those are sometimes issues that we can confuse with the bullseye and we can immediately go into, you know, the hair on the back of our neck stands up and we get personally offended when somebody says that they go to a church that does things differently than we do. And that's what I, I, again, my main takeaway, one of my main takeaways this week from that conference was just, man, I want to be more loving of, of the, the church universal than I am, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we even boil it down to our primary audience, thinking about men, uh, as men, sometimes we struggle with, um, being able to open up, being able to, to share, being able to, um, say, Hey, here are the, here are the ways that I'm falling short. Um, and if we, if we don't do that, then we are really just harnessing and harboring those sins ourselves and trying to deal with them, which is not how God called us to do it. Uh, right. We need to have that accountability with other people. We need to be able to have, um, be able to have an openness and a transparency amongst our brothers in Christ and not think, um, wrongly of somebody because they have sin issues, because we all have our own sin issues. And so being able to have that transparency is another thing of, you know, if somebody says, hey, I'm struggling with this, not saying like, wow, how dare you struggle with that? Like, clearly you're not saved. Yeah, you're not saved clearly. because you have a sin issue. No, we need to be able to say, okay, uh, how can I, how can I help you with that? How can I hold you accountable with that? And then, you know, being able to also say, hey, can you, uh, can you hold me accountable here too? Because I have these, I have some issues and sin issues that I need to deal with and I want to grow in my holiness. And so I think, yeah, as, as men, that transparency and seeing that, you know, people are going to struggle with things and they may be different sin struggles that we have and not turning an eye at them saying, ah, they, they should never struggle with those sins. Right. Yeah. It's again, that, that, that critical spirit, which is what keeps us from that, that, uh, even developing that culture of transparency and, and there should be limitations to that, right? I shouldn't stand up on stage and empty out all my sins in front of everybody, but man, in your HFG or with your HFG home fellowship group, for those of you guys going, what in the world did he just say? (laughs) Um, it's like Kylo Ren to some of those guys out there. In that context, do you have those relationships, man, where it's a safe place for you to open up and, you know, you know that when you open up and you say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this or I need help in this area, that the guys aren't going to look at you and say, man, get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you. And men, you guys involved in those groups need to commit to one another to be willing to get into the trenches with a brother in Christ and battle the sin and help him battle the sin that he's battling, right? And that might get messy, Right. And it might be a sin that you go, man, whoa, can a, can a Christian really do that? And, you know, that's where I think we need to, to, to come back to the gospel. What does the gospel say? We're forgiven in Jesus Christ, right? And if the battle is waging, right? Mm-hmm. Not if somebody is just owned by this and continually owned by it and there's no battle and there's no fight. But, man, if the battle is raging, then we need to be willing to say, hey, I'll jump in the trenches with you, pray with you, fight with you, fight alongside you, Um and, uh, and love you through that. And that's really what we're talking about, right? Is we're talking about as believers loving one another, not just loving the people that go to the same church that we go to, mm-hmm. not just loving the people that graduated from the same schools that we graduated from, right? Not just loving the people that read the same Bible translation that re- we read, but loving brothers and sisters in Christ. Because at the end of eternity, when we go to heaven, man, and the new earth, we're not going to be like partitioned off as this local church over here <laughs> right. and that local church over there. No, we're going to be with brothers and sisters in Christ uh, who 
believed things that we didn't believe necessarily when when they were here and when we were here and and uh, went to different churches that we wouldn't have gone to here. But hey, man, right. they got the gospel right. We got the gospel right by God's grace on both of those measures, and now we're together for eternity. So, uh, Kellen, let's just talk through Romans 12 just briefly. And even before I get there, man, it would be just a good kind of homework exercise for you um, to, to check out 1 Corinthians 13 in the love passage there. And a lot of times that's read at weddings, but that really was not written having anything to do with, with weddings. It was written to a local church on how we as brothers and sisters in Christ should treat each other, should love each other. So spend some time reading through that and then think about how you love people that may not fully agree with all of your secondary and tertiary issues, uh, but man, they agree with you on that core bullseye of the the gospel. Uh, so Kevin, let's talk through a, a couple of these things. Uh, how about just a, in Romans 12, 9 and 10, Paul says there, let love be genuine. Love one another with a, here it is, brotherly affection. Yeah. What's Paul talking about there with that that idea of a brotherly, a familial, right? Is that just people that we go to church with that are part of our local church there? No. Yeah, and that means the 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 universal church, right? And even um, our our neighboring churches. I think uh, even if you go down to verse fifteen, it says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep." And thinking about the churches that are down the street from us that we hear, you know, maybe they put on a revival or maybe they put on uh, some type of event and it got a lot of traction from our, our local community and people were getting saved there and people are starting to come to church now. Uh, instead of us being like, man, now I got to figure out a way to uh, one up them. We should take time to say, Hey, that, that was a, a, a great thing, right? Praise God for that because more people are coming to the church. More people are coming to ultimately the, the body of Christ, which is um, our family and having that, that brotherly love to even reach out to them and say, hey, what went well? And this, this was great. And you know, how can we do something that may be similar to that or, or help out because ultimately we are all in the same family. So I think having that brotherly love and in and feeling an affection for others that when they do well, when the body of Christ is continuing to grow, being able to celebrate and not try to figure out how can I, how can I do better One up them, uh, yeah. the next time? Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, I love that idea of, of reaching out in the community and building relationships with, with other churches and other believers and things. And yeah, maybe you're never going to go to that church because you do have those secondary or tertiary disagreements with them. But at the end of the day, you can say, hey, look, they're they're for Jesus. They're sharing the gospel. They're seeing people saved there, and we can celebrate that, and we can love them in that way. Another thing he says in Romans 12, 16, uh, that's super helpful for us, is he says, never be wise in your own sight. Man, I love that, right? Never be wise in your own sight. Well, actually, you know what? I, I don't love that because my flesh— <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> my, yeah. Oh, man. My flesh wants to be wise in my own sight. I want to say, well, we, we do it right. You guys do it wrong. Right. You guys need to come do it the way that we do it because clearly what we do is better than what you do. Yeah. But one of the things that you often talk about, Kellen, is is asking questions. Well, why why do you do it that way? And— being able to learn from that, right? And I, I think so often we are, rather than being willing to give the benefit of the doubt, our, our prone response is to doubt any benefit at all. Right. And that comes from this principle of being wise in our own sight. We've got the corner. We know exactly what we're doing and how we do it is the best way to do it. And there should be conviction behind what you do. Now, let's make that clear, mm -hmm. right? You should have a conviction. 
And when you're going to a church, you should have a conviction that that church is the best church in the area for you and your family to be at, right? But that stops short of saying, this is the only church that's doing it right. This is the only church that is preaching the gospel. This is the only church where people are being saved. This is the only church that is a valid church, right? We wouldn't say that. We wouldn't want you to say that. Um, we want to, to, to make sure that we've got the humility to be able to learn from one another and to learn from other believers, uh, you know, that, that think differently than we do on some areas. And so, yeah, never being wise in your own uh, sight. Uh, how about one more, Kellen? The, this last one in verse 12, chapter 12, verse 18, Paul says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. Yeah, so not being that type of person, um, as we've been alluding to, looking to stir up trouble, looking to um, constantly defend why you're right and everybody else is wrong. Right. In other words, uh, don't go out and become a discernment blogger. Right. You're like, well, let me tell you about everything that you need to stay away from. Yeah, and, and I think there, there's a line there, right? Because we should uh, have uh, some discernment and we should have some questions and make sure that, you know, we're not just saying, oh, you, you said Jesus? Okay, that means it's good, right? There should uh, definitely be some thought and a, a critical viewpoint, I should say, on you know, what we're reading, uh, what we're hearing from other people, uh, but then not to take that to a point where they absolutely can't be correct if they're not 100% across the board with everything. And so, so even like we think about a good Berean, right? But being able to go back and do some research, being able to go back and ask the right questions and having enough humility to say, hey, it, it might be slightly different, but we got the core beliefs and we, we have an understanding of that and we're on the same page there, uh, press on. Because the Holy Spirit may be guiding a, a, a church that is not your church uh, to minister to a certain group of people and that they they have that that post that they're taking care of. And we're taking care of our post at our church. And ultimately, through the universal church, um, we are continuing to grow the body of Christ uh, the way that um, God is leading us to do so. So uh, it, it's important to have those churches that are doing things slightly different. But the, the main thing we want to uh, make sure that is clear is that, that the core... Um, biblical principles that we need to be on the same page on, those are clear. For sure. You know, one of the things that, that Paul says, I love this in the book of Ephesians, he says that when we consider our speech, we need to let nothing that is unwholesome come out of our mouth, but only that which is edifying, which is good for the building up of the body, right? Man, if, if, man, if we put that into practice when we're talking about other churches and other Christians, that would be super beneficial for us because I think that's one of the areas where we can strive for peace with with all in this regard. It, the Bible also teaches us, man, that when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that we are going to give a, an account for every careless thought and word that we have spoken or entertained. And man, that, that should weigh on us. So before you make that comment about the church across town, before you make that statement about that, that well-known pastor, before you make a, a, a comment to your wife under your breath when you're at a meal with somebody who goes to a different church. Think twice before you say that, uh, because those things, even though if, if they're said in secret, the Bible says they're going to be proclaimed from the rooftops. They're going to be exposed and brought to the light. And if we are tearing other believers, if we are tearing other Christians down, if we are criticizing other people and attacking them, uh, man, the, 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 the problem's not with them. The problem's with us. 
uh, the, we've got that, that problem there, and we are not fulfilling what Paul is calling us to, which is to live peaceably with all, so far as it depends on you. Um, and so, yeah, there are times that we need to call out a wolf in sheep's clothing, but man, before you do that, be sure that that guy's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Be sure that you are not lighting up a brother in Christ, because at the end of the day, what, what, to what end, right? Mm-hmm. For you to be able to feel better about the fact that you don't go to that guy's church, okay, congratulations, you already don't go to that guy's right. church. What yeah. do you gain by, by tearing him down with other people that go to your church? Right. I mean, it's just insidious, right? And the enemy loves nothing more than to creep into our churches and to cause us to infight, yeah. to fight with other Christians and to distract us from what the mission of the church is, which is to go out and make disciples. And there are other churches making disciples in different ways than you and I are as far as their approach. But what remains the same? It's the call. It's the gospel. It's the faith and repentance. Jesus Christ alone is Lord and Savior. And we need to just knock it off as far as thinking, man, we're better than the church across town because we sing these songs and not those songs. We preach this way and not that way. Okay, you know what? Yeah, are there better practices? Certainly. But again, what is gained in the end by you opening up your mouth and tearing somebody else down when at the, the, the end of the day, they're preaching a gospel that saves and your church is preaching a gospel that saves? You know, in, in some ways, men, we need to just sit down and, and mama said, don't say anything if I can't say nothing kind. So <laughs> we just need to stop, right? I mean, we just need to stop yeah. being so critical of other Christians. And we need to, man, if we want to see change in this country, it's not going to come from our local churches siloing off and saying, well, we've got the, the, the corner on truth because then we're going to have, you know, 7,000 corners on truth in the church in the United States. And, and, and none of us are going to be willing to, to, to get together, pray for each other and strive side by side for the cause of the gospel. Um, and so that's, that's really what, what bore this, this topic out as yeah. I was thinking about it. Yeah, and you, you got to think about what's the enemy's goal. The enemy's goal is to distract us, to destroy the church, to cause division. And oftentimes we do that um, ourselves, um, even without the enemy having to put For a, sure. a plan in there or put a person in there to do it because we uh, Christians amongst Christians battle each other for who can one-up um, in ways God doesn't tell us to one-up, right? He tells us to go out and make disciples. He tells us to go out and preach the, the good news of the gospel and that's what we should be doing instead of looking to our left and to our right and say, hey, you, you didn't say that the way I said it, right? Or you didn't approach it the way I approached it. It's like, again, if we have the, the core piece of it correct, then let's lock arms and, and go, go do it. Go out amongst the world because we have plenty of, plenty of enemies out there. We got plenty of um, people trying to tear down the church. We don't need more doing it inside the church that are already here. No. No. And men, you guys can take the lead on this. In fact, you should take the lead on this. You guys can set the tone. You guys can be the ones that begin to change a culture. Uh, maybe there's a, a church that you're a part of out there that needs a culture change in this regard. Take the lead on that. Uh, begin to, to stop those conversations when they come up. If you hear somebody tearing down another church in town and you know that that church is a church that's still preaching the gospel, put an end to that conversation. Don't just passively stand to the side and say, well, I'm just not going to participate and then I'm fine. No, be active and defend the the church universal and step up and say, look, guys, we don't need to be mocking them, ridiculing them, criticizing them, tearing them down. We need to be praying for them. Um, and so, men, you guys take the lead on this and, and follow Paul's example when he talks about in Ephesians, hey, let 
only that which is edifying, which is good for the building up of the body of Christ. Only let that type of speech come out of your mouth. And so, men, we uh, we will be praying for you. In fact, right now we're going to, uh, that you will be this type of man as you continue to strive to be quality men of God this week.